Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made, come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 180. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we watch episodes of The Crown with my mother, because we're sitting around and it's the holidays. I'm your host, Nagin Farsad. And uh, first off, happy Boxing Day from everyone here at Earwolf Studios. The presents are open and the eggnog is no longer seasonally appropriate, but we can gather around the roasting fire that is the hot takes of some of Fake the Nation's uh, holliest and jolliest panelists. I'm going to stick with holliest and jolliest, even though I recognize that those are dorky things to say in this moment. Okay, let's get started with topic number one. You guys, I'm so excited by uh, the panel joining me on this discussion. We have comedian John Hodgman. Hello. And author of the new book, Medallion Status. Bit.ly slash medallion status for pre-orders. <laughs> and I'm here with comedian Selena Kopic. Hello. Hey, Selena. Hey. And you should also d- definitely uh, follow her NYT vows on Instagram and Twitter. And Twitter. And it's Twitter. so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, you guys, we read a piece in The Atlantic called AI is Coming for Your Favorite Menial Task by Fred Benenson. Uh, menial jobs are being replaced by robots and digital, digital tasks are being replaced by algorithms. Um, if you need your butt scratched or whatever, uh, there's going to be a robot for that. Um, if you need to dig... Oh, let me order that right away. <laughs> if you need to dig a grave for some reason, there's a machine that will burrow a nice hole. It's weird that you would be interested in that. <laughs> 
interested in a machine that'll help you hide your murder crimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Interesting. Um, no one saw it coming. In the workplace, uh, as AI gets super advanced, we'll be stuck doing only the hardest stuff. Oh. Like making tricky decisions. Um, we'll basically be left with the most stressful part of every job, uh, so says this author. Mm-hmm. What did you guys make of this argument? I thought it was interesting how he, the the example that they used in the article about, um what was it, like GoFundMe? Kickstarter. Or Kickstarter, yeah. yeah. Just that, you know, he was like, we derived a lot of excitement and meaning from deciding what we would accept for the platform, yeah. you know, and that, and that, then that sort of had to be taken away because there were just too many, you yeah. know, and uh, I guess I'd never thought of it that way. When I think so then, about right, Kickstarter made an algorithm, mm-hmm. and then what was uh, that made the easiest choices for them, and then the people had to then take up all of the decisions that the algorithm couldn't make. So all the gray area stuff, yeah. stuff that was like annoying and hard to figure out. Exactly. Yeah. And and he was saying sort of not as pleasurable to make those calls anymore. I mean, it sounds like just Kickstarter grew and, uh, you know, and it's hard to to handle that. But I mean, I found, found it to be an interesting article because I think about AI is like, oh, when you go to CVS and you have to do your own damn checkout, you know, right. like, yeah. but and it's like, oh, I guess some of that, like, I always I think that's terrible because people are losing jobs to robots. Um, but I never thought of it in this higher level stuff of the algorithm. And then how like the complex decision making needs to be made by the human brain. So anything else you can farm out, you farm it out. Um, but I think it's all too bad because it's just. I mean, I suppose to scale, you have to do this, but I think it's just putting people out of jobs. And why not just have more jobs? But also, I don't understand how capitalism works. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I feel at a disadvantage because I somehow missed this article in the in the homework packet. <laughs> oh. And I, uh, oh, man, I'm, I'm trying desperately to follow along. <laughs> Like, just, uh, yeah. But as any mediocre man who has not, not done the homework, I'll have something to say anyway. <laughs> That's all that you need to know is that what we just said. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's it's interesting. If, if I understand the argument correctly, like if we winnow out all of the menial tasks and only have like the decision points left, we all want to believe like, yeah, I should be the boss. I should be making all the decisions and then having all these bots and AIs and everything else doing it else but you know me- menial tasks are meditative yeah, you know? yeah. And, oh, oh that's exactly you guys what a clinical psychologist named alice boy says she says decision making is very cognitively draining mm-hmm. yes. so it's nice to have some tasks that provide a sense of accomplishment but just require getting it done and repeating what you know rather than everything needing very taxing novel decision making mm-hmm. i agree with that and that's true which is why i think i read somewhere and guys i'm probably wrong but that like short order cooks have the most zen like well-being because they just get to get an order, make it, and then go on to the next one. So yeah. they're constantly finishing a discrete project yes. and then on to the next one. So they have that that they get that good that the positive feelings associated with finishing Which is so, something. And that's easy. so nice. That's something I remember in college studying like the notion of pink collar work, which is traditionally women's work, which is cleaning and long drying yeah. of clothes, all that stuff. Like often there's never any end point for it. So it's right, not satisfying, you right. know? And I do, I find that sad. Like, you know, I work a nine to five job in publishing and, you know, I feel like sometimes I am walking through molasses because this book is just taken forever. And then I, if I get something where it's like, oh, email me these spreadsheets. I'm like, yeah, great. I can check it off. Oh, this feels lovely. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Working down a to-do list. Yeah. Hey, speaking of books, I got a book coming out called Medallion Status. <laughs> and- <laughs> And and I point I, in the the last chapter of the book I talk about the the general store in Maine we we spend some time in Maine during the year and I go and make breakfast sandwiches there 
And I'm like, this is all I ever want to do with the rest of my life. Wait, really? Yeah, wow. I go and make breakfast well, sandwiches at the general store. Yeah, oh, it's the greatest. It's, it's the greatest feeling. It's so what because is it? Making what a, yeah. I, I would make eggs right now if there was a hot plate here. <laughs> oh my God. You know how you constantly thirst for human flesh? Well, I have a different. <laughs> obsession, yes. <laughs> which is I love making eggs because it starts as a snotty chaos that you work into perfect order and then you hand it off to someone else and you do it again and you hand it off to someone yeah. else and you do it again. What, what kind of breakfast sandwiches? Uh, I'm very hungry. Like a sausage, egg, and cheese on an English muffin. <gasps> like is a pretty classic. Much the typical okay. one. Yeah. Do you ever do it on, on a an English, or English muffin? On an English always. muffin. That no, sounds at the great. Store, at the store, we do it on an English muffin. That's okay. that's how we do it. A croissant, we could probably do it on a croissant, but I find, you know... Hey, fancy pants over yeah, here. A bodega yeah. roll is really the other way to do mm. it, but we in Maine, mm-hmm. they don't have those things. Yeah. So, yeah. But the, but the controversial thing is, you know, on Sundays when Tom and I make breakfast sandwiches, we put a little mayonnaise on it. People, people, don't, people don't know Ooh. they like it. People get very angry when they hear that it's on there. But Can then you try it. something for me one day? Sure. Bechamel. On a breakfast sandwich. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. Totally. What is you what, said mayonnaise? What is yeah. bechamel? It's like a French. It's a classic French white sauce. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I wonder it's one if of I always thought it was bechamel. Foundational sauces of French cuisine. Foundational oh, okay. sauces of French yeah. cuisine. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it is bechamel. I, I know. know. No, I no. The bechamel, bechamel test. Get out of here. A movie has to have two characters talking about white sauce in it. <laughs> Oh my god! Now, because and and that that makes sense that you love that job. Well, because Um, it's incredibly sort of centering and in the right. moment. I think it's funny because I often talk about how I would like to quit it all and be a barista, except for I can't make a living and support my child on a barista job. Yeah. Right. But I was a barista for, I don't know, a few years or whatever, um, or before in and around college. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. There was, I mean, there, first of all, I love a good chat with a stranger. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I turned crazies into fans. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, I handled them very I well. You, I, I, I yeah. but I But I had such a good time. I loved it. And I loved being like, and here's your beautiful latte with the fucking leaf on the top. Right. Um, and it was, there was something. And five hours would just fly by and I would have no idea. You know what I right. mean? It was so... And you'd be listening to cool music. Oh, totally. And then, like, with your, I, I feel like there's always such allegiance of those coworkers. Yeah. You know, yes. I used to work in a bagel shop, and like, we would. This is probably considered sexual harassment now, but like, we had this, <laughs> we had this thing called a. We hottie. would demand sex from each other. <laughs> you know, hijinks. You know. <laughs> But no, we would have this thing that I created called the hottie tally. And when like hot guys would come in, we would just like mark it on the tally and then compare That's... days. We're like, how many hot guys came into the Brugger's Bagel Bakery in Weston Center today? I mean, you know, you're getting arrested. I know. As you mark you walk it on out the tally. The studio. On this tally, just to be like, how many hot guys That's came so in? Like landscapers. That was not harassment. That's okay. statistics. It's, it's very, yeah, it's it's very yeah, like data collection. It's very early Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, oh, yeah, it is. Um, but it was there was such a nice, you know, we liked making the bagels. Yeah, it was a great job. It was pretty low yeah. key. You know, I, mean, I love making the, the I to, I was going to say it, it's meditative and wonderful so long as you don't have to interact with customers. Oh, that's hilarious. Because, because I love my that job part. was to just make the sandwiches and then put them into the warmer yeah. in the main area. Yeah. And then one time I was out there putting them into the warmer and I was having the morning of my life. And a woman comes up to me and goes, why aren't there any vegetarian ones? Can you make me one of those? And I'm like, I'm a grown man. <laughs> I'm a grown man who was. I was on television. Please don't yell at me. <laughs> I, I'm doing this. Is, I'm a hobbyist. This is yeah, my. This is my. This is just for fun. And yeah, it's this a is bacon, my egg, yoga. and cheese. Like, go to the salad yeah. bar, you monster. Right. Well, you know? it, re- it also recentered me into realizing 
uh, be nice to service workers. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, don't. be nice to service workers. I no. mean, it, well, it's funny for me that like the 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 interaction because it's not that I wanted cognitively challenging human interaction. I wanted to fucking be like, yo, it's raining. It sucks. Huh? Totally. Yeah. Like that's all. I mean, yeah. that's what I wanted. I wanted the really predictable, yeah. dumb yeah. interactions about, oh my god, your dress is cute. Yeah. The weather's great. The weather right. sucks. I, agree. I mean, just nothingness. Just, I know. I agree. Like, because also you have healthy boundaries. You know. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And there's just, literally a boundary. There's a thing between <laughs> yeah. you and the other person. Yeah. Sneeze guard. <laughs> oh. But I think there's something nice too about it. Sort of speaks to I think the human desire to like be good to your fellow human. You know, right, right, right. And yeah. Start your something. day off right. Okay, have a great one. You yeah, know, like totally. I think there's something very nice and tender about that. Yeah, I think. Well, and then so the article says that uh, people uh, again. I, this is the the psychologists uh, need both experiences of mastery and pleasure for a healthy mood. So if you're if if in the future we're getting rid of and we've gotten rid of, I mean, to some to some extent, you know, there just in my lifetime, I remember when my first movie came out in 2010, mm-hmm. the festival process, Nerdcore Rising, uh, premiered at South by Southwest, sure. went on to do 10 cities. It doesn't matter. Um it uh my I remember when that first movie came out, they were still doing like paper. There were some things that you had to say. Oh no, no, DVDs were set. That we were still oh. sending DVDs, sure. mm-hmm. which was kind of which is hilarious. But I remember like making labels for my DVDs and affixing them, and they were beautiful. And I would put them in an envelope, and I would do it with such care, and I would include a cover letter in the cover. I poured my heart into these cover letters, right? And and so there was something. Thank about- God, I never got one of those. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I mean, no, I mean, I would have been thrilled, obviously. But it's the the stuff that comes in the mail sucks. It's like People it's like when, the, when your phone rings. It's like, what are you doing? Right, 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 right. <laughs> like I don't want to. Somebody better be dying because I do not want to. <laughs> right. Because when you're given when you're given something physical to process. Right. It becomes home, it becomes a chore. It's like I need a filing cabinet now because you gave me this thing. No, and I get it, but they, they, this was going to And you're to not, like... I mean, as you'll read about in my book, Medallion Status, bit.ly <laughs> slash medallion status, I talk about how the television academy, the television academy, and all of the networks and all of the streamers send out DVDs. Oh, yeah, still. Still. It's, yeah. And, you know, none of DVDs the... of shows that are on streaming platforms. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like bonkers. they're all, all television is digital, but you get this massive Stonehenge yep. of DVDs and these incredibly uh, uh, ornate cardboard boxes. Oh, yeah. And it's just this monument to waste yeah. that yeah. sits on your counter and reminds you there's so much television out there and still I'm not getting hired. <laughs> so that became personal. <laughs> that became personal. So I, but I think like, but what's interesting is that that whole world, at least at at my level of like when I was applying to film festivals, was it, there was a very the physical aspect of like affixing labels and doing all that stuff, and now that has been farmed out to these digital services. You don't have to, you don't, you click on you I want to add, right? Yeah, yeah. Just the same way college applications, I imagine, were once you had to like individually apply. Or whatever, and now I think. Why it's... are you looking at me? Because I'm very, <laughs> very old. <laughs> because of how, yeah, how aged yeah. you You're appear. Descended by, yeah, yeah, yeah. by a Pony um, Express. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, had to, I had to get a, a Gutenberg printing press. To, uh... I will admit, I, t- I stapled my um, my senior picture to my college applications. My nice. dad's like, I think it's going to help you. Oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well. <laughs> 
<laughs> I ain't too proud to use my hair. <laughs> but like, I, but I think, but so it's interesting to see. I guess, and then when you were doing that, you did it with care, yes. right? Like yeah. you, there was and a there different. And there was something nice about that. It yeah, was like easy. It was process and ritual. It was menial, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and now all you know, it's because of the because of the computer's doing all of that for you. Um, you you don't get to add your picture with care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like it's a different relationship. But I, I guess... have a computer that can send pictures, though. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> okay, <laughs> fancy pants. It, I'm not sure if you know about that. With care, though, is what I'm saying. What I'm asking no. is, but the, I mean, is with care an option? I, I think I think that the that presenting your photo with care and making your little package <laughs> of your yeah. of your film, yeah. Um, that is that is a benefit to you, um, an emotional benefit to you that is yeah. great if you enjoy it. But I think most of that stuff ends up in the garbage. No, it's an mm. inefficient. It's it, it's yeah. inefficient. It's only and I when I was doing it did not feel like it was an emotional benefit. I felt like it was a chore. Right. right. Like, mm. obviously. But um, I guess. But going back to the article, if we're. If all we're left with is just the difficult task, and in the Kickstarter example, it was like they had these things that were so fun for them to uh, to review and accept for the mm-hmm. platform, and it was just like it was so fun when they had just like a total obvious choice, and they went pushed it through, and they would see it do well or whatever. Um, and now the ones that they were left with were just had weird ethical considerations mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. then had to constantly adjust the company policy like oh i guess we oh, the should- algorithm algorithm was choosing creeps uh, or I'm, I don't. I didn't. Do no, the sorry. The algorithm would go through and do the obvious. These are good choices, right? And so that what was left was the algorithm couldn't figure out: Are you allowed to do a medical device yeah. on Kickstarter? Right. Yeah. And then they had to be like, "Oh fuck, I don't actually know." And then mm-hmm. had to have right. like a group meetings and figure out what are the legal parameters of right. doing a kick, you know, medical right. device on Kickstarter. Right. Which you, you cannot actually. That's yeah. one of their rules yeah. now. Right. Um. So everything. That's why, that's why your cannibal dinner. Club kickstarted didn't, didn't get work. off. Right. They didn't allow it, but it but it led to a meeting. Yeah. So the I guess really so the point of the the right <laughs> the point of the the writer is that if all you're left with are these miserably gray, difficult questions, right? Then that's your job all day long. Yeah. And, 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 and it's then the if you same at, every day. And There's the, no, yeah. It, it's the same every day. Yeah. YouTube used to be, the moderators for YouTube used to be like, I look at cat videos, it's pretty fucking fun. You know yeah. what I mean? And now the YouTube moderators are like, I don't know, there's guns and some, you know, it's like guns and violence. Yeah. <laughs> it's just horribleness. Yeah. Yes. Because the algorithm can handle the cat videos. Yeah. Right. Uh, the algorithm gets to enjoy the cat videos. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And the real human is like traumatized eight yeah. hour shifts every day. <laughs> Exactly. So I think if we're creating traumatized workers or best case scenario, just cognitively fucking taxed workers, is that going to be sustainable for human industry? I don't think so. But Uh, I think no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The end. I, I mean, I think about you know you have a. I think you have a book coming out. <laughs> what is the first I'm hearing of this? <laughs> oh, I didn't tell you. It's called Medallion Status: True Stories from Secret Rooms, a bunch of first-person funny essays, and I dare say profound stories from my life as a famous, fa- former famous minor television personality. Bit.ly slash Medallion Status, all cattlers, all in word. Hashtag be plugging. Always be plugging. A B P baby. Can I tell you? I read. 
said it to a neighbor this morning and they um and he said and he said, Oh, what do you what do you do? And I said, I'm off to do my podcast. And he said, Oh, who's on the show today? And I said, Selena Comic and John Hodgman. And he goes, I've never heard of them. Oh. <laughs> Congratulations to you both. Ow, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> For the record though, he's like sixty-five and uh, is not, not my not my demo. Fully yeah. never knows any of the people on my podcast. So right. there sure. you go. Yeah. He right. never is so there uh he also did not know me. He only knows me because I'm his neighbor. Um There you go. Hey. <laughs> also random it's a compliment trivia. to all of us. Random mm. trivia. I you're on Red Oaks. I was in one scene of Red Oaks oh, and really? we were in a scene together. We were. Yeah. What? Which one? I'm sorry to hijack the whole pod. Yeah. Um, Amazon was, TV's Red Oaks. Hey, yes. Yeah. Season two, episode seven. Yeah. I was the host of the basic cable call-in talk show. I remember that. In the pink that. dress. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With the two, like, pro- or two yeah, like, strippers. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so and, funny. And so it was like a phone call. And you I'm were telling sorry him, that I didn't remember. No, no, no. Oh, my. It was one day, one scene. One day, and I won't stop still. talking about it in my life. Um, but <laughs> you were so fun. great. Oh, thank yeah, you very much. It was awesome. But and it was, yeah, it was so funny. Because yeah. I was like, oh, my God. The one time I was on TV was with you. I mentioned my three-episode arc of Red Oaks and my book medallion status. One of those apps. Paperback, I'll, ref- I'll add a little reference to you. My, hey, my, um, so my favorite sweet. person to work with was Selena. <laughs> yep, good, good. That pink dress, man. Woohoo! Yeah, I was supposed to be a uh, modern day Robin, or like a Robin Bird. But speaking of anyway, books, though, I don't, like, I don't know who that anyway, is. Not about books. Well, yeah, but the speaking of books, though, what, like, so you've written some books, and you've written, Selena's written a book, and, uh, and you work in publishing. Mm-hmm. I can barely do more than like four hours of book writing a day. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's That's where truly, I stopped. Yeah. I mean, and by the end, I'm wrecked like I did a marathon. Yeah. yeah. Or also, I used to get, like, when I was cranking mine, I would get loopy by the end and be kind of punchy and just, like, out of it and weird, right. yes. you know? Yes. And I would just be like, what's going on inside me, you know? Like, but it's, yeah, it's really tough. For and, me, it's like, you know, I'll start work at about 10, yeah. 11, 12, 1, 2. And then I get about 2 and I realized I finished the book. Why should I continue? <laughs> you know, I guess I could work on this some more, but it's done and perfect. Wow. Another wow. four hour Every book. needed. Yeah. Wow. All right. So. No, but right. four hours. Everybody who's in the creative world. If you can only work four hours on your book or whatever, that's plenty. That's a yeah. lot. That's a lot. But awesome. also, and forget creative world. Anyone who's like ever had to write a report for work or like anything that's like you have to pay a shitload of attention mm-hmm. to details, like you know, even like I'm think like wedding planning or something. Like there is a limited amount of oh, yeah. just mental space you yes. can exert right. that kind of energy. Oh, it's well, really... this is the stress causing high stakes decision making that you that we're talking that's about here. What we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Because if you're left with that... In mm-hmm. an in an ideal world, we're just like, hey, the workday is now four hours. See you later, yes. you know. Yeah. But we will never accept that because we're Americans and we think that people need to work to the bone and not yeah. be able to make a living from it. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I think that's the other thing is we need to ex- if that's the f- future of work, we need to accept that there's going to be shorter days. Yeah. Or you know, four hours and then built into the workday is two hours of re- mental recuperation and then yeah, yeah, two, yeah. Then two hours of dumb meetings. That is sometimes how I try to structure. Like whenever we have team meetings, I'm like, not in the morning. In the morning, I feel I've read, like most people are pretty fresh. Here we go. You know, like yeah. we actually get stuff done. I do all my meetings at 4 p.m. or so. You right, know? right, it's right. Like, yeah, dumb meetings, end of the day. We'll, you know, do some brainstorming, whatever. But right. like, you know, I'm not going to start. I mean, 
mean, sometimes people want to have a meeting at nine or 10 and I'm like, no, 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 no. What are you doing? No, we're yeah. wasting all of our good brain time. Right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I, but I, I also think when we look at these, the work that's left for human cognition, it should be paid like YouTube moderators who don't make enough to live. Why? Because you know what I mean. Why are they not being paid enough to live? Oh, um, why um, don't they have good labor YouTube, standards? It doesn't have a lot of money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's very <laughs> shoestring strapped, budget. Real strapped. shoestring budget. So that's the other thing that I would love for us to think about as we march into the future. Is like let's fucking think about the taxing nature of this work and and let's pay commensurate with the level of uh, trauma that it's causing. Yeah. All right. Boy, oh boy. That's the end of that. Now Ending we're going to end the show that was my those first. <laughs> oh, man, I'm getting, Let's, uh, a, and... getting a text from Donald Trump. Oh, oh. you're a cannibal. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to hide that from your background. <laughs> he texts you about that. Well, wow. Sorry. All right. And now we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the holidays. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by AuraFrames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an AuraFrame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these AuraFrames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an AuraFrame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little a person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Today's show is sponsored by Pros. This is kind of, I feel like, you know, I'm on some sort of Lord of the Rings journey trying to figure out skincare. And I feel like this customized skincare line is really got my name on it. Basically, every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skincare, I tried the skincare just recently, is made to order and it's personalized. It's got a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs, like specifically you. And then the way they do it is you take this great, like in-depth quiz, basically. They analyze over 80 factors for a complete view of your life, your beauty goals, um, like I have oily skin that's also dry, which is just a fun 
little conundrum. I live in New York City. Like we've got these four seasons. My my face gets weird during seasonal shifts. Um, I all of these things I got to kind of talk about in like in answering the questions. Um, the other fun thing was they asked us at the end, like, do you like a creamy type of moisturizer or like a less creamy kind? And I was kind of like, mm, I think like less creamy. And they were like, that's fine. Like you can do that, but we think for your skin type, creamier is better. And I never knew that. So I love that there's so much kind of personal information that goes into creating this. I got my stuff in the mail very quickly after I got a wonderful serum. Like I said, this very creamy moisturizer. Um, and this also very just delectably creamy cleanser that just kind of feel like I, I think it's possible that I've been washing my face with just like harsh harshness like many years because when I saw this cleanser I was like oh is this what it's supposed to feel like it's supposed to feel like a little bit of a delight on my face that's not what I've been doing so I don't know guys and here's the thing you don't have to take my word for it in a third-party double-blind dermatologist supervised controlled clinical study um, which is like the gold standard for research studies pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives which just sort of totally makes sense on a just logical level if you think about it. Just it makes common sense. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% of your first subscription order at pros.com slash fake the nation um, will be taken off. That's Pros.com slash fake the nation. You get your free consultation and 50% off your one of a kind formulas. Uh, again, that's pros.com slash fake the nation. Go and get your just super personalized, luxurious skincare products and hair care products. That's what I'm going to try next. So, pros.com slash fake the nation. I am the type of person that has subscribed to things. And I have forgotten about those things. I have paid twice for a children's educational app. And I didn't know that I was paying twice for several months. Until that is, I discovered Rocket Money. And because I use Rocket Money, it just showed up all these things. The thing that I was paying twice for that made me incredibly angry. Thank God Rocket Money ended that for me. It also cancels the subscription for you. So you don't have to like go through the hassle of going to that site and figuring out how to cancel. They actually make canceling very difficult. I don't know if any of you have had the experience, but I have been on a like a roundabout eight exit nightmare trying to unsubscribe to something before. Rocket money eliminates that hassle. It also alerts you to an increase in subscription price. And this is something Rocket Money did for me. It negotiates a lower price for something you already subscribe to. So like for my cable bill, it got me a lower price. And I was very happy about that. Nearly 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about, which makes me feel better because I'm one of them. But it makes me feel terrible because what are we doing? Losing that money. Uh, I don't want to waste that money. And I know you don't want to waste that money. If you struggle with these kinds of purchases, if you struggle with finances in general, Rocket Money will help you with the budgeting, help you track your expenses, help you, like I said, cancel those unwanted subscription. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels 
unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps you lower your bills so you can get back to saving. I mean, me and my husband have been on the warpath and Rocket Money has been a really big part of that. It has over 5 million users with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. The average member has saved up to $740 a year using the app's features, which is, I mean, that tracks for me. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions. Go to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Save the money at rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Welcome back. Now let's move to our final topic. We're going to talk about the holidays, you guys. We're talking about the holidays. I hope that you are all celebrating in your own way. Um, I uh, And I will theoretically be in California doing that. And uh, my parents are going to be taking care of my baby. <laughs> so I don't have holiday. to. Ooh, um, but uh, I am joined um, by two of my favorite comedians, you guys. It's Benari Lee Poulton. Hey, Benari. Hey. And John F. O'Donnell. Hey, John F. O'Donnell. Hey, again. Um, Merry Christmas. Oh, thank you We're very Finally much. saying it again. Wait, <laughs> you guys are both. No, you're you're not a Jew. I'm half Jewish. Yeah. Oh, you're half Jewish. Right, right, right. And you're full Jewish. I'm full Jew. Half a Jew and another half a Jew. And then and I'm a, a Muz. So a let's talk about Christmas. <laughs> um, no, but but uh, do you guys? What is your okay? As a half Z, John F. O'Donnell, yeah. what do you guys do during the holidays? How does it work out? Well, uh, good thing my parents got divorced when I was a child. Thank God. <laughs> and they mostly did it because they wanted to separate Christmas and Hanukkah. They were like, we can't figure this out. You know, I've heard of so worse reasons. So you get nine days of presents. <laughs> I do, I do, I do. Um, well, basically, I just, me and my brother, we always just make the rounds where it's like during Hanukkah, I'm there with my Jewish side of the family. Nice. And then for Christmas, I'm, you know, I'm around the Catholic side. And then, Wait, um, do you ever do actual Christmas with the Jewish side and then just eat Chinese food or whatever? No, I never get to do that. Oh, so you know because I mean? you're always with the Christians <laughs> yeah. on the actual I never get to it. do the Chinese food in the movies thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's too bad. Because yeah. that sounds like the most fun. It does. It's a little also very much like a Muslim Christmas. We, we always split the difference because we would go to like Christmas activities or there would be because we had people married into the family so yeah, yeah, like yeah. a Christmas thing we, so we do Hanukkah and then sometimes it was just easier to do like a big Hanukkah day on Christmas morning with yeah, like of course. all the yes. things the festivities yeah. and then we would go to the movies and yes. eat the, the Chinese food it was also great because we would go to all the fire stations in my town and get, deliver cookies and stuff and what? yeah, my father wow. and I and and uh, my uh, my siblings we'd go we go around deliver uh, cookies to the fire stations. And oh, I love say thank that. You. And, oh yeah, we and but we did all look. Full disclosure, Jews love Christmas. That's why we yeah, wrote yeah. all the Christmas songs. <laughs> we fucking <laughs> love the lights and the pageantry and the goodwill <laughs> towards humans. Yeah. It's just really lovely. Um, you Muslims know. love Christmas too. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I speak. I, mean, I speak for my family. Sure. Um, no, but my, you know, and it's interesting because like we go to my aunt's house, um, and she does it up. I mean, there yeah. is a huge. Tra- I mean, it's so funny because yeah. you would think you're walking into the home of a Christian, and you are not. And mm. it is. Oh, she really on. goes all in. Huh? Oh yeah. I mean, just with the. I think that just. I mean, the you know, and she does the thing that I've mentioned this before, where she does like you know the like saffron rice stuffing. You know, it's not yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It, it is with its Persian accents. That sounds um, delicious. But it's 
<laughs> it well, is. Look, it works I mean, out. look, you can, saffron's you can, very fancy. It's, it's very expensive fancy. spice. I mean, it it's very it's fancy. It's expensive spice. It's actually the kind of spice you could give as like a housewarming gift when you, in it's Iran. True. It's like something you would bring yeah. because yeah. it's so expensive. My friend went to Egypt and brought me back saffron as a gift. You've seen the gift saffrons I've had. I have in my uh, oh yeah, you know, spice rack. I feel like the uh, I feel like the magi really uh, fell down on that one. They gave myrrh instead of saffron. <laughs> like I feel like people yeah. preferred the saffron. Um, Who wanted myrrh? But yeah, but it's interesting because <laughs> yeah, I think what the fuck is myrrh? <laughs> and the other guy's like, I fucking brought gold. You made up a thing. <laughs> What is frankincense? That's But really, what is myrrh? It's a nice, but what's what is myrrh? myrrh? It's also a spice. I feel like that was made up. I feel like there was like, I brought gold. And the other guy's like, I brought frankincense. And the third guy didn't bring anything. He's like, I yeah, brought no myrrh. One's like, myrrh. And like, and like yeah. what's myrrh? Yeah. It's like, what's frankincense? It's a spice. Yeah, so is myrrh. You put it on your spaghetti. It's <laughs> yeah. great. But also no one. <laughs> he just one... got some dirt <laughs> and just, put it in that thing. He's like, it's myrrh. It's myrrh. <laughs> Did you say right myrrh? Out. Yeah, yeah. Myrrh. <laughs> <laughs> it's myrrh. the same thing as that. Um, I brought gold. I brought this wait. little fucking child gold. Okay? <laughs> I'm a little bit better than the other two wise men. <laughs> oh, by the way, this is, I'm going to tell you what myrrh is. It's a natural gum or resin extracted from a number of small thorny trees, species of the genus Comifora. Myrrh resin has been used throughout history as a perfume, incense, and medicine. Myrrh mixed with wine can also be ingested. Wait. Which is weird that that's a quality of myrrh, is that if you mix it with wine, it can be ingested. I think most things mixed with wine can be ingested. I know. I was like, yeah, fucking saffron and wine can be ingested. Plastic but ring if, and wine can be ingested. <laughs> but that you is can't the strangest ingest thing that the it internet, without the wine? I, that's what I'm saying. That's the strangest thing that the internet just told me. Uh, someone needs to rewrite like, that. Here well, you go, well, King, of Kings. King of Kings. I extracted this from a thorny plant for you. Oh, the, yeah, if it you was want, a... you can drink it with some wine. Yeah. <laughs> and Mary's so just strange. like, God Damn it, they but bring the worst gifts. Except the, for the guy that brought gold. This pairs well with being born in a barn. So here's my question though about the gold. Here's my question about the gold. What was the gold supposed to do? Buy things. Got you. <laughs> I mean, like, because she was like down in the dumps and needed the money. I mean, they weren't allowed into anywhere. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Why she had to give birth. Right, so she needed. She's kind of an unwed mother. <laughs> and they were refugees. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because like in 2019, I would be like, cool, you're a single mom. So is everybody. A single mom, a legal immigrant. <laughs> Living with a bunch of animals. She needed fucking gold, okay? All three of them should have just been given her cash and passports. Yeah, yeah, myrrh. She's like, can I eBay this myrrh? How does yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I need swaddles. <laughs> Not one of you could bring diapers. Not one. Not one. Oh, my God. You know what you really, honestly, though, having birth to Very baby. familiar with the Christ child story. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you are for. A, I mean, it's funny because um, I mean, he was I mean, you know, he's he's kind of famous. And then w- at what age? <laughs> One of our most famous Jews. At I would what, argue. Yeah, he's, really yeah, fa- he's maybe famous. Maybe the most famous Jew. Arguably. Um, yeah. For John Stewart. If he's the right, I was going to say, if he's number one, is, I was going to say, is Larry David number two. Oh, maybe Larry David. Ah. This is tight. Um, no, who's the guy? Who's the Jew that wrote all the songs? If you have to ask who the Jew is, he's not the most famous. I know, but no, it's Irving Berlin. 
He's no. one of them. Yeah. They Irving wrote Berlin. a bunch of the songs, right? Irving Berlin. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Irving Berlin. Oh, yeah. Uh, he just changed up his name so he didn't sound, you know. Yeah. Because oh, Berlin. Yeah. He went really, oh, went really on the nose with it. I don't know. Yeah. Hi, I'm Germany, Germany. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it was better than like, I think his like, name was like Israel, Israel. <laughs> it's like, it's like, uh, I'm Izzy Rabinowitz. Go with the Berlin. <laughs> Go with the Berlin. Go with the Berlin. So, okay. So, you guys, where, what's your position on gifts? Love them. I like okay. <laughs> giving. Let's okay. talk about yeah. the giving part, I like which give is them. the more my, the burden, uh, burdensome part. Interestingly, my family is not, they're not like, not big, big gift givers, but I really like to give them. So I feel like it's a thing where I'm like, oh, I'm going to figure out. And I like usually a really do. really special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I usually do either like books or booze. Like I'm a real books or booze giver. Okay. Um, that's fair. Experience has brought wisdom. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but then I feel like when my when my family finds out that I'm getting gifts, then they're like, oh, we got to get something. Right, 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 we right. can't just give them money or whatever. Right, you know right. What I mean? So that's kind of how it is. Uh, yeah. I love it. We, we've done a great thing in my family now because both my sisters have kids. So we just give presents to the kids now. Ah. I get left out. That's my that's my bad for not having kids. But I love getting the kids presents yeah. because uh, me that's and the fun. kids love the same things. <laughs> So it's all just like Star Wars and superheroes right, right, and some right, like right. Yeah. And bourbon. Yeah, bur- and bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we it's funny because this will be the first Christmas with a baby. And my mom just said straight up, like, I am only buying her stuff and I'm over buying. And she has too many things from me. And I'm just letting you know <laughs> that now. And happening. she literally has already told me she has already bought too many things right. wow. for this and baby who will be one. And we haven't even gotten into prime Christmas shopping season yet. Right. No, no, no. She is so amped for for what's about to come. Wow. Um, your mom's the, going all in, huh? She is going all in. She's so cool. Um, She is cool. John F. O'Donnell and my mom shared a whiskey or something. Uh, we shared whiskey and a dinner. In a dinner, because I, I had a gig, but my mom was staying with us, and I don't know. We had fun. We just, yeah. And they we, had a good time. We have a good rapport. <laughs> they do. We made each other laugh. They do. And we drank scotch together. Um, She's awesome. Uh, but, um, but I think the interesting, I mean, it's like, you know, I'm so late to this complaint or whatever, but I'm just like, uh, Christmas is just a capitalist holiday that like gets, mm-hmm. you know, and I, there is a there is that, you know, because I don't like want to buy su- stuff for people that they don't fundamentally need. You know, um, one thing that I like to do since the baby is give people like pictures of her <laughs> that are like framed or something that, you know, and not everybody wants that. Obviously, this is just like my immediate family that would want that. Um, so that's strangers like- want that. <laughs> <laughs> J Fod. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. J Fod just wants everyone to remember that pedophilia. No, that wasn't, even what I, no that wasn't even what I was going uh-huh. for. I was just saying the idea where you're like, I give those out, and yeah. you're like to family members and yep. stuff compared to like friends and things. You yeah, know what you're I mean? You're the guy. You're the guy around the manger being like, look at that kid's dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I, I didn't even. <laughs> I didn't like, even mean it. I didn't what even mean it. Someone get, someone wrap this kid up and okay. get him out of here. I didn't, when I said it like that, I didn't even mean it like that. I thought I, it wasn't like going to be a naked picture. They're not naked pictures. Exactly. She's fully a happy, clothed yeah, baby. Yeah, that's not too. First of all, she's a never nude as a baby. <laughs> she's always wearing the bow tie. Oh, this is wearing, a different. Always the bow tie. She's it's always a different wearing episode. A it's not even going to make sense. 
She's always wearing a Fuck. pair of cut-off jean shorts. <laughs> I never and, knew. Uh, she's in, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how I meant it. Now that you brought down the podcast, <laughs> um, how do we rebound? Um, is there anything that you do that's like not particularly traditional to the rest of America with your families? I'm not sure. I mean, we have our traditions. Uh, well, I thought that cu- cookie in the... To the yeah, that's the, really cool. That's really cool. It makes me want to do that. We'd also, yeah. uh, in Lowell, Mass., uh, there's a House of Hope, which is like a, a, a house basically for to help women transition out of abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. And so they a lot of times have their, their kids, so they're single moms with a lot of yeah, kids running yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. So we, the night on Christmas Eve, we'd always come with just a bunch of presents and toys yeah. just overflow like a toys for tots right, I, mean, right, right. I also do the toys for tots drive but like there's just something very i don't know it the, something about gift giving that just the pure act of doing these little acts of kindness yeah. make yeah. me feel good i think yeah. it feels good and i also am realizing that you're a considerably better person than me and well no well, i just i mean it's, <laughs> i mean that's true but not because of that <laughs> there were some there was a couple of christmases and thanksgivings in my child you know from when i was like i don't know 10 to 18 or whatever that i forced my parents to uh do to do, to deliver thanksgiving meals yeah. and christmas meals oh, wow. to, to people in need um and that's when i was about i haven't actually been able to like do that no i have been able to i just have not done that, that in there's... recent years but but i think it was interesting because my parents were like okay <laughs> and then they're like no this is good this yeah. is the yeah, right yeah, thing and yeah. then we did all yeah. feel better you know after doing that and i think That's doing cool. it in person you know again even the smallest of things but just that interpersonal relationship it's it can be a tough time for people and you know i think yeah. you, you know i i always take that time to like reach out to some people i haven't talked to in a while just to catch up or whatever the weirdest thing i ever did for christmas though this is one year where i stayed I stayed in town for christmas for mm-hmm. some reason i had like a crazy deadline there was something going on i had to stay um and i went on a date on Christmas Eve. Oh, was it super? <laughs> was it was, was a super second hot? date. Was it wow. super hot? No, but it was uh-huh. like seventy degrees in New York City. It was very oh, so it was warm. Hot. It was literally <laughs> hot, and uh, and we went and had Korean food. Ooh, and, hot uh, it, looking back on it, how weird that I did that, and also weird that that guy did it. It's just weird that we both did that. And then they made we that made a movie. Out, we they made, made no, it into a we movie. made it. <laughs> <laughs> we made out in a park on a park bench looking at a Aww. Christmas tree in 70 degree weather. It was all very odd. It's romantic and odd at the same I mean, time. I mean, it didn't even turn into a third date. Uh, it was like, that's above, what's weird about just it. Just above it was the an, clothes? It nothing. was, yeah, yeah. oh, I mean... <laughs> Like a jacket was still on. Um, it was a very insignificant uh, person in my life. <laughs> that guy listens to uh, your podcast on a regular that now. basis, yeah. and he's in tears right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. I was the mo- he was like, "I will never forget the greatest Christmas." <laughs> <laughs> I got Korean food. It was 72 degrees in <laughs> perfect weather. We stared at the Christmas tree and made out, and it was the most romantic, the beeping moment was of my perfect. life. <laughs> and then afterwards. Uh, okay, that was one weird Christmas. And then here's another one. And I can't remember what point of Christmas this was. I went to Germany and I stayed with my friend. Um, and his whole family, we did Christmas together. And this, so this must have been like, the, this must have been Christmas Eve, or it could have been 
the 26th or something, but I went to Berlin to his, mm-hmm. his like sister-in-law lived in Berlin. So they let me stay in her, their apartment for free. And, uh, that's the way to do it. And I went to like the Kit Kat club Oh. and, uh, and I remember going to the door I and mean, I could be mixing up stories, but, and they were like, you can't wear that. Like you're wearing too many clothes. <laughs> for the Kit Kat club. I think it was the, that's the famous club in Berlin, right? The yeah. Kit Kat club. Yeah. Cabaret. Anyway, it, so I went to some famous club like that and you really can't go dressed like, At for, all. You yeah, can't you dressed. can't, you have to not wear that much. And so I think I had to wear like, like an eyes wide shut mask. No, I just, I, I may have had to like, I may have had to, I was wearing maybe a camisole. I had to wear something very skimpy and go in. And, uh, and that was, that's a weird way to be yeah. during the holidays in general. Nothing weird. Ha- and then I, and I, and I ended up speaking to, um, there was like this posse of like, actually like i don't know they have drag queens and we hung oh. out oh, nice. <laughs> and it was in german sounds terrific drag it was all cool. very weird it's a yeah so the, that was a ho- very odd holiday the experience. only weird thing now is that for like a year and a half i've been vegan so now what i didn't know that yeah so that's just become a huge pain in the ass for my family around yeah, the holidays it sounds really annoying <laughs> it's like i tried i try to make it as minimally annoying as possible like i'll make a couple of different things and yeah. i'll say like i really like, you know, like, don't worry about it or whatever. Yeah. But my family kind of can't wrap their head around it, you sure. know? Especially my dad. My dad's like, are you allowed to eat pickles? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I can eat pickles. Yeah. Like, what? I like you know? how it's just people are like, I don't even understand the concept. Yeah. And you're like, it's still food. It's yeah, still, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> Wait, or did you do it for political reasons or health reasons? Well, what I tell people is it's 98% health, 1% environment, 1% animals. But that's not true. I mean, it's all it's all of the it's all kind of all of the above. Right, okay. Yeah. yeah. Initially it was, yeah. yeah. I mean, I want to reduce for the environment. Yeah. I'm not doing great on that front. I know. Then. I'm not doing great either. <laughs> I mean, because I, I love a steak. Oh, I love a steak. And sorry, like Christmas, you get like a turkey uh, and oh, you get like yeah. all the food. Like just, that shit's good. Oh, that yeah. shit's good. I think and, for me it has this thing where it's like, it helps me be actually be healthier. I'm like, oh, I would be eating this stuff that's delicious yeah. like all the time. And but I mean, it's, it's like I a parameter know. you can understand. And Hanuk- yeah. Hanukkah is actually terrible for health because everything is fried in oil per the custom. I mean, because it's yeah. about yeah. the miracle yeah, of, yeah. of the burning Shout oil. Shout out to Jessamine so. Waldman, <laughs> my buddy who invites me to her Hanukkah parties oh, and always lockies. has a bunch of things that are fried Oof. and they're fa- fantastic. No, Lakis are the best. Yeah. Um, Tater lockies. Wait, so. Do you, as a as a Jewish kid, well, so you were sort of celebrating Christmas. Like so do we, you never felt like well, you we were? Well, we had close friends. So, so it used to be we had um, like close family friends, the Flynns, and we would go to Christmas mass with them. We'd go to their place for Christmas Eve because they celebrated and they would have stockings for us. Wait, so you and would go to a mass? Not, all, not always, but like I've been to a Christmas oh, mass. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, oh, but wow. we would do that and we would get Chinese food. There, so like, the, so the so the balance was yeah, yeah. we'd go to their house and they'd have like stockings and they had the Christmas tree and then we would have Chinese food and then we would do something on. Can I just say yeah, something about delightful. that? I just want to say America, America, 
That's was, just America. Was, yeah. That's so nice. Ain't There's that nothing America? Like, and it's not. It's like it's not watered down yeah. for anybody. It's just adding more people into the party. I was never raised yeah. where we had to be separate from all of right. this or like don't enjoy this. It's like okay, this is a thing that's going to happen every year. Yeah. It was very, I, we always celebrate in a very secular way. Oh yeah, same here. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, but also it was another opportunity to be like, and here's these traditions we have for. Hanukkah, which is not Jewish Christmas. It's a totally, it's basically like a... Kids, basically, it's, it's a kids cel- thing, right? It celebrates a revolution. It celebrates like a triumph for religious freedom over like an overstepping authoritarian authoritarian regime. I mean, that all came the in. Jewish holidays and are so serious. So serious. <laughs> there isn't one holiday that was born out of but like something like, frivolous. But it's like it was like a military. Well, it's like we're suffered. celebrating this minor military <laughs> battle that right, happened. Right, but it turned into like mostly a kids thing. Right? It was mostly a kids thing because it was very about it was very much about empowerment. It's about the 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 mythology of the candles and the idea of you start in darkness but when you light a candle you bring light to the darkness and every night you keep adding to the light until you have a full menorah filled with eight candles burning bright and now everything's lit up and so that every time that you light a candle and you use another candle to light those candles right, right, right. so it's like we we spread light we spread it's funny the first time this, yeah. i saw the uh yeah. the 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 lighting of the candles. I didn't know that you use a candle to light. Like, I didn't know the thing. Yeah. And I remember being like, hey, do you want to just use, like, <laughs> like I wouldn't know. And uh, anyways, I That's learned. That's so good that you're like, this would you be a lot easier. Like, yeah. you know Can, what do I mean? you want me to do it from this side too? Yeah. Or like, like, I brought a Zippo. <laughs> but for safety reasons, uh, oh, Christmas yeah. is way safer. <laughs> I mean, because yeah. there's not just open flames and oil everywhere. Right, 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 right. I like to put the two holidays together. So I'll put my menorah on top of my Christmas <laughs> nice. tree. Right. And then I light it from there. And then you just throw kerosene because you <laughs> yeah. like the smell. Just to, just to see what happens. But I never, un- I actually never understood the whole like people who get mad at saying happy holidays because people have said to me they'll be like Merry Christmas and I'll be like Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas back. Yeah, or if right. they say Happy Holidays, I'm like Happy, happy holidays. holidays. Yeah, like it's just. Yeah, it you're, doesn't matter. Just it's, showing that's some manufactured. Sort of, yeah, nobody's it, really angry about that. No, like I've never seen someone. You know, be mad because someone. Yeah, that seems manufactured. Them a, a kind gesture. No, seems manufactured totally so somebody ma- can be like, "There's a war on Christmas." Yeah. No, I know whoever the fuck started war on Christmas garbage is like the worst person. Who was it that like? St- it, may, it may have been like it's a like Fox News host or it, something. It, it kind of went back to like. The oh, 80s. it goes back to the eighties. Really? Well, because during the eighties, what happened was we opened up American culture to some other. <laughs> holidays and it was became like okay we're also going to acknowledge that Hanukkah exists and then like Kwanzaa started being a thing and then they were like you know there's like Muslim holidays yeah, and then got... there was like oh we have the solstice actually as well yeah yeah and so then schools changed it uh... from Christmas vacation to holiday vacation and that's where oh, no. and that pissed you... everyone off okay so there's that but I'm totally here's... wrong according to Wikipedia <laughs> which is the sayer of truth mm-hmm. um, the term gained notability the Warren Christmas due in part to the use by conservative commentators such as uh, Peter Brimelow, I don't know who that is, and Bill O'Reilly Bill beginning O'Reilly, in sure. the early 2000s. So it really oh, kind I of coalesced the around 90s, the early though. 2000s. I remember it being a big thing in like the culture wars of the 90s, especially when Clinton was in office. It, I mean, I mean, I'm sure, yeah. It probably, this is Wikipedia. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sure it was well, popularized you, in 2000, but I wouldn't be surprised if it actually coincides in like 92, 93 from the transition right. from when the did, Bush White House. When to, did to Fox Clinton. News start? In the 90s. In the 90s, yeah. So it kind of makes sense that it would have 
like had a foothold in the start. So you're of all right. That. It's yeah. probably totally manufactured by. Fox. We should uh, we should edit that Wikipedia page. <laughs> Be like it started. There's in something McGee's I literally hometown. never do. Never. The idea of which makes just bores me to tears. <laughs> um, you guys, I want to say thank you so much for sharing your holiday things with the people of Fake the Nation. Absolutely. Um, and I want to wish you both a very Merry Christmas and very Happy Holidays. Thank and a very things that are Jewish. Sure. And a very things that are Muslim. And things that are all of the religions. Sure. I'm sure there's an Aid something in, in there somewhere and there's a Rosh Hashanah. You know? Yeah, we have a different timeline. But uh, Right back at you. Right thanks, back John at you. Thanks, John F. O'Donnell. Thanks, Benari. That's the end of the show, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks to our production team here at Fake the Nation. That's our producer, Harry Nelson, our audio engineer, Andy Christens. Special thanks to Anita Flores and our panelists, Benari Poulton, John F. O'Donnell, Selena Kopic, and John Hodgman. Gabby Alter wrote with music. Lily Fleshler helps with research. And you guys, we'd love to hear from you. Send us your feedback, topics we should be chatting about, guest ideas you might have. Leave us a voicemail at 347-770-4981 or drop us a line at commentsfakethenation.com. Come, you guys, Merry Christmas. Oh, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> it helps people find the show. Um, and honestly, Merry all of the holidays. Uh, I hope you're having a great time. I hope you're relaxing the fuck out. And, uh, oh, I don't know. Just enjoy yourself. Goodbye. Goodbye.